BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. All right, and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we've got an exciting uh, conversation for you. And I say that every every show. Every show you Every say. show. And they are all more exciting than the other, Julie. So I think... So, okay, so I'm going to let you use it? Yes, that's oh, fine. Okay, yes, fine. Yes. Um, Why is, what makes today's show so exciting, Corey? We're going to talk about memories. Oh, God, yes. you don't have any. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's going to be exciting for me, because... We could have had this conversation yesterday. I wouldn't have remembered it. Um, <laughs> For multiple reasons. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Before we get into it, though, I want to tell everybody about our Patreon account out there. You should go check out uh, BizQuick, or, sorry, patreon.com slash BizQuick. And if you are so inclined, you can support the show by giving us a tip, a donation. Let us know what you think. We've got some behind-the-scenes behind the material out there. Um, for everybody, and it's just a really cool way to tell us that you love us. So go to patreon.com slash bizquick to check that out. Nice. Yes. Yes. We love, we love to get tips. We really do. We do. Yeah. That's what she said. There we go. <laughs> you are just all over that today. Yeah. Okay. So memories. I. You know what I love about memories? What's that? Is that... Um, I think, and I have not done any research on this, but I believe that memories, depending on if it was a positive or a negative memory, I believe that our inclination is to improve them or make them worse over time. So they don't stay static and in what actually happened, they become better. We become, they become more fond memories or they become more traumatic memories as we grow older. Go on. So, example. I don't have memories, so. You You ever see the movie Memento? Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is my life, basically. We have tattoos all over to, like. (laughs) You have to trust your own handwriting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I forgot about that movie. No, I just think, you know, like, you can have memories of, like, when you were a kid, right? And I know you have memories because you've told stories from your childhood, right? And, but, like, as you get older, those memories get happier fonder like you're more when you reflect on them they bring you more joy than like after the moment right like there's this great line from the office it's my favorite line from the office and you don't have a memory so you probably won't remember it though you do remember andy yes i know exactly which one you're gonna say yes i wish there was a way to know we were in the good old days before we were out of them or something like that I i know i just i know i botched that Great memory. <laughs> <laughs> but that is such, it, that's so true though, right? You're in the moment and you don't, you don't look. And I can remember early on, Corey, when we started SB Pace, I said to you, we're sitting at a ta- at your dining room table and we've been working weeks on end, really long hours. And I say to you, there's going to be a day when you're going to miss this. And you were like, never. I'm like, you will, you will miss this. 
And, you know, because things are at the beginning, it's fun and it's going to get, it's things are going to get hard. We're going to, things are going to get like, it's going to become challenging. We're going to argue about dumb stuff and we're going to miss this building phase and it's going to happen. And it, it happened. Right. There are moments where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I miss that. I miss sitting at your dining room table, filling your walls up with giant post-it notes, writing all this stuff out and figuring out what we were going to do with this company. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's a, where we still have a routine, but it's just very, very different. And it's not, it's not the same. And I, I miss the beginning. I stand by my statement. <laughs> I don't miss it at all. I don't believe you. hundred percent. Don't miss it. So. Really? Don't speak for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't. I, like it, it's, I, I don't know. Like it, it's the, it's a, like a very linear thinking that I have. Where yes, you can look back on me like, oh, that was fun or whatever. Like, but I don't, I don't miss it because I, I, we can't go back and relive it. You can try and recreate it. Like you can try that and never works. No, it never does. It's like the the very, the best, the absolute best cigarette ever in my life was my first one. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to recreate, yeah, recreate that. And you'll never get it again. But um, the, uh, yeah, like, but I mean, you could build something better. You can do something different. And like, I don't, I don't look back on my life and, oh, I missed that or whatever. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that I would like to change. There's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, that was dumb or shouldn't have done that or should have done that. I can, I can think of a lot of times you shouldn't have done something. <laughs> doesn't matter though. <laughs> well, I know. And you know, that whole recreating is it's, it's important. And it is also a, not, not uh, the recreating is important. I said that wrong. I'm sorry. But the, the idea that something was so much fun or that you enjoyed it so much that you want to recreate it. That sort of proves my point that, as you go along, the farther you get from an event happening, the better the memory is in terms of what it means to you and how much you want to recreate. Like, just think like a couple of years ago when you, me, and Mark went to Vegas for 24 hours. Yeah, that was fun. It was amazing, right? And we're like, let's recreate that. Can't. Well, we'll never be able to recreate But it. we can do something different. We can. We can do something better. Yes. Like that exact thing will never happen because that would be impossible. Yes. Because it was in the middle of a pandemic. Vegas was kind of a ghost town. Uh, Mark got roofied. No, no, no. Oh, no, no that no, was no. a different. Yeah, two, different two times yeah, ago. Yeah, two years yeah, ago. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It was fun, though. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, this probably was not that interesting of a conversation, was it? Did it feel interesting to you? I, I thought it was fine. I mean, okay. we left everybody uh, wondering about Mark getting roofied. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, tell, we'll tell the rest of that story another time. Yes, there we go. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, maybe we'll have a story to tell you. Sure. And maybe you, we'll talk more about memories. Do you want to tell them about Certivium first? Oh, I do. Thank you. Yeah. I would love to tell them about Certivium. So Certivium is a business that Corey and I co-founded with Stacy, um, my sister-in-law. I almost said stepsister, but I don't have a stepsister. My sister-in-law. And Certivium is a business for small businesses and entrepreneurs who are looking to grow or improve their customer experience and they just don't have the bandwidth or the manpower to actually do it. So Certivium handles social media management and customer engagement. We are really, really good at it. And we have put affordable options out in the marketplace so that everybody has an option for how they can better serve their customers and how they can reach more people. Check it out, certivium.com, and the information is in the show notes. 
All right, and welcome back to BizQuick. We've got Jamie Villalobos on. She is an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a mother of four, and she is the founder of Happy and Strong, which is also the name of her book, which is uh, being published, released, um, available for sale. It's on pre-order right now, but it's available for sale on Tuesday the 17th. Um, so be sure to check that out. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm excited. Thanks for having me on today. I'm loving your podcast and everything you guys are about. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. We're excited to get into the conversation. Before we uh, brought you on, Julie and I had talked about memories and kind of went all over the board. We didn't really get anywhere, I don't think. Julie, did we get anywhere with that? No, we we didn't. We were mostly talking about how um, I have this theory that the further away you get from an event happening, the the happier, the better the memory be, memory becomes of it. Like it, you you start to slant it more positive. And the more times you tell the story, the more and more and more positive that it gets, right? So that's what we were talking about on the front end was just how memories, we make them happier than they actually were for whatever reason. Maybe self-preservation? Actually, I'm actually a big student right now of just the science of happiness. And it's proven that happy memories, we actually remember longer. And we tend, or actually, yeah, and then the ones that are painful, harder, we can try to suppress a little bit more. That's interesting. So I want to I want to kind of just pivot just a little bit from what we were, um, you know, Corey and I were talking about on the front end, because I read the first few chapters of your book, right? I'm now waiting for the book to be be delivered. And I can't wait to dig in because you're really, really exceptional storyteller. And I was kind of disappointed when you sent over a sample and it was three chapters and I wanted to keep going. I was like, oh, I want more. I want more. But I I am very curious about one thing in particular. Well, I'm curious about a lot of things, but one of the things that I learned about you in your book is that um, this is that you are in the top 1% of the top 1% of earners in the world, in the world, right? How, how does one accomplish something that significant? I mean, it's not, you're not, you're not old, Jamie. You are, you are fairly young. Yeah. Well, I started in business when I was pretty young. I was 22 and, um, you know, I didn't have very big vision at all. I was just wanting to make more money to be able to put my, myself through school and to be able to send money to my family back home in Montana, who was, who was struggling. Uh, they were always struggling. And so, um, so I started working for myself uh, pretty young, and luckily I had a lot of great mentors. And you know, the me today is definitely not that me 20, 23 years ago when I started in business. And so I had a lot of personal growth, a lot of I don't know hardships and things that helped me personally grow even more. But um, you know, I knew starting out in business that I didn't know anything. I knew that I was going to have to either follow a system or get support in you know some way. And so I was lucky enough to have great mentors early on. And I was, again, very, very coachable to them. Uh, didn't have a lot of support outside of that, like, you know, not with family, friends like that, but I did have great mentors. And so just did everything that they said. I never questioned. I just said, what next coach? And as they would give me instruction, I would implement just kind of right there at the speed of instruction. I'd I'd get whatever result I got and I'd go back to my coach and say, what next coach? And after I grew to a certain level um, in income or I don't know, in, in success, I would go and find another coach that was 
further down the path than I, you know, wanted to, to, to be on. And, uh, and so I kept just kind of growing that way with, with uh, finding people that were happy and successful. And again, where I wanted to be. And you'd be surprised of how many successful people are willing to help you if again, you're coachable and, and you implement and you're not wasting their time. It, it is interesting how many people that there are out there that are willing to help that have yeah. that, that for absolutely nothing in return. They just want to help. But then on yeah. the flip side, um, we don't like the term coach because yeah. every like literally anybody can call themselves a, po- a coach. And, absolutely. and, and <laughs> we've had some ex- bad experiences with coaches. Mm-hmm. And it, it's one of those things that I, I feel like is kind of just, I don't know, it's it's just kind of a sleazy term for, it for is. people. There's a lot of people out there that are coaches, especially through social media, and they haven't done anything really. Right. They haven't done much. Yeah. So how did you vet the people who were coaching you? Well, you know, I kind of have, if I'm going to take mentorship from someone, I have kind of a list of things that they have to have to check off. But one is, again, that they are where I want to be. Um, and again, I could have a different mentor or let's say even role model. And these people could be from the past through books. I'm learning from them through books. You know, they maybe have passed away, but also people that are currently successful. But they're where I want to be. So again, that you could have one role model or mentor in your with as far as family. You know, I looked at ladies that were incredible wives and mothers, and I wanted to grow in that area. Then maybe they were my role model there, but they wouldn't necessarily be my coach in business. And then I looked for people in business again that were where I wanted to be. And um, so that was one. The other one was I really wanted them to have a vested interest in my success. So, you know, that's a little bit harder, but if I was successful, somehow I could add value to them. Um, and the other one was that I wanted them to have the same values and integrity that I, that I did. Yeah, you have, you, you talk in your book about the, you know, the, it, you don't call, I don't think you call it pillars, um, but these, you know, the, the three core values, am I, am I framing it correctly? Are you talking about the faith, family, and business? Yes, yes, I am. Where you you um, you speak about having, you know, I loved how you said it. Everything you you the three things that you picked were the, the, all of your focus, all of your intention. Everything goes towards that, and everything else is a pass. Like you, how you and your husband didn't even hook a TV up because yeah. watching TV wasn't on the list. Like you were, right. it was going to distract you from hitting your goals. Yeah. Well, again, I had a lot of personal growth to do. I, you know, no one in my family had ever made any money. I grew up in poverty in a trailer on the edge of town in northeastern Montana. There was uh, 325 people in my town. So you can imagine the small thinking. No one in my family, no aunts and uncles were successful in anything. They None of them even stayed married. None of them got a college degree or went to college. So I didn't have any examples of, of success. So I came in here again. I knew I had a lot of growth to do. And so, yeah, in the beginning as an entrepreneur, you have to make some sacrifices. And I had to work on this. I had to work on my mindset. I had to grow myself and my mentality to become a person that could attract wealth. And so I, I cut out pretty much anything in the beginning that didn't grow me. It didn't grow my faith, my family, or my business. And, you know, that kind of sounds boring, but now, you know, I can do what I want when I want. You know? right. And so back then it, I didn't seem, it didn't seem like much of a sacrifice. I didn't, I didn't have a TV. I didn't watch TV for about, I don't know how many years, but 
probably 10 years, but I, I just didn't do those things. Um, I cut out a lot of hobbies. Um, and so things that, you know, again, anything that I could delegate, anything that I could even pay someone else to do that now I could be doing something that again, grew me, grew my business. Um, the time that I spent with my family, I wanted to max out that time. The time I was in my business, I wanted to max out that time. So again, I cut out all those, you know, time wasters and those things so that I could be focused and engaged in all those things that mattered. And, um, and so I just absolutely went all in on all those things. And it wasn't for a long time that I started adding other things to my plate. And that making sacrifice as part of being successful is something that so few people are willing to actually do. The, the idea of being an entrepreneur, being your own boss seems like a lot of fun, but yeah. they're not willing to give up all of the other fun things in their life to do that one fun thing that yeah. is not really that much fun all of the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't look at, at sacrifices now, you know what I mean? Like, okay, there was a fun TV show that I liked watching when I was 22 and I started in this business. It was called friends. You know, most <laughs> people know friends. And for like, I don't know, 10 years, I didn't know if Ross and Rachel ended up together. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because I had totally cut out anything that was a distraction, but that's a very small price to pay to have your dream lifestyle that you want now. And so, yeah, I mean, I didn't look at any of those things as, as uh, sacrifices. I see so many people tell me, Jamie, I want this great life. I want this great business and I want to have it all. Or I want to have, a, um, I want to be an entrepreneur and quit my job. And I think most people would love to be an entrepreneur. I think they would love to have control of their time and have that freedom and control their paycheck and have more time with their family. But yeah, usually there is some sacrifices. But, you know, I made a decision from the very beginning. I made a decision a long time ago that if that sacrifice was my family, my faith or my happiness, then that was too big of a sacrifice. I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. So I wanted to build the life I wanted. But these other little sacrifices, like I see people, they, they don't want to move out of their nice home, you know, because they're used to that lifestyle or they don't want to stop going out to steak and whatever fancy dinners because this is the lifestyle they're used to. Well, you know what? Like I, I did those things. I cut out. I lived in a little tiny apartment for a, you know, for a, a while um, and not, I didn't spend a lot of money. Again, cut down all these things so that I wouldn't be distracted with worrying about money so that I could, again, focus and be all in growing, not just my business, but the life I wanted. Yeah. I love how you say that um, winning or success can't just be something you're interested in. Like you have to be invested in it. You have to do the work. You have to go all in on it. And I think, you know, the last two years have been such a great example of looking to see who is interested in success and who's actually committed and dedicated to it. Because there were a lot of people who just kind of mailed it in for the last two years and didn't. And and the last two years, you, you could look at it as either it was prime time to kick back and, and chill out on Netflix or it was, it was hunting season and you could go out Opportunity. there. Opportunity. Yes. Yeah. 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 You either learned a new language or you put on 25 pounds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I just think, you know, being an entrepreneur, like, like you said, Corey, it's not easy. There's going to, you're going to be climbing from, you know, from peak to, to, valley, you know, and, and again, you have to continuously have personal growth. What got you here is not going to get you here. And so there's, there's a lot of people that want it, but they don't want it badly enough. 
So when it gets hard, when you get into that valley, you're all of us that are, you know, successful or whatever you want to call it, have gone through those quitting phases. Those times are like, is it worth it? Is this, you know, is it too hard? Is it too much? Is it too much of a sacrifice? And so if you don't want it badly enough, if you don't really have clarity on what you want, uh, you're not going to make it. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get to where you really want to be. And so I think for me, and early on, I, I really got clarity. Clarity is your best friend, you know, of what, not just money, income or career or business, but really when it's all said and done and, you know, in the end, what do you want this business or this income to provide for you, this lifestyle, this, you know, what you want for your family, what, what do you truly want? And so I got crystal clear. I could play a movie in my mind every time I was feeling down, every time I felt like, oh, you know, I don't want to make all those phone calls. I don't want to go again and do this appointment, but I would um, motivate myself. I would keep myself driven that way of being clear on what the end zone was. And, um, and so I, I think it was Napoleon Hill that said, I could, I could show, I could show anyone to get anything that they want. I just can't find anybody that knows really what they want. <laughs> so <laughs> It's so that clarity of, you know, how bad do you want it? Well, first, what do you really, really want? And I want to go back to and, that that um, conversation on quitting. So just recently, I can't remember if it was on our podcast or the radio show, but we had somebody on and we talked about quitting. Was it, I think it was Jake Thompson, right? We talked about quitting. Yeah. And um, the, uh, just that, that concept of never giving up, but also knowing when to cut your losses. Cause there is a time to quit. Um, right. So like, I mean, like when it, not, I'm sure not everything that you did was a home run. I'm sure there's some right. things that you did that you had to, you know, like, all right, well, we're just going to stop that and, and move move on. So, um, I mean, how did you come to that decision? How did you make that that choice that you need to stop and, and go, yeah. move forward? Well, I think early on it was just I was hopeful. I was excited. I was fearful and doubtful. Like, I would sit in that little apartment eating my ramens broke, you know, in debt, wondering if I was even going to make money, let alone, you know, be super successful. Um, so I had a lot of failures, but I, um, again, I had good coaches. So I tried to avoid a lot of mistakes and failures and really bad failures by, um, again, asking them, well, which step do I take? Do I take the step to the left, to the step to the right, to avoid major land, you know, mines that I'm stepping on so I can get there in one piece, but still had a lot of deep valleys, had a lot of times where I was like, gosh, I don't even know if I can do this, like nights with tears in my eyes. I remember one time I got home, it was a really one of those days and um, big clients had canceled and people had quit and it was just really rough. And I was working all day, seven days a week. And I came home and I went in my closet to kind of change. And I just broke down. I was in tears. I was on the floor in my closet. And I said, I am working my, my butt off. I, I can't possibly work any harder. I can't do any more. When is it going to happen? And that was my thought process. And I think what happened was in my mind, I knew at that point that I deserved to win. I knew it. I knew that I was paying the price that success demands. I knew I couldn't work any harder. And I think just after that, it became a little bit easier. I think the right people and the right circumstances kind of just started to come into play and, and things got better. But yeah, I mean, for me, I made a decision. Someone asked me early in my business, they said, what would it take for you to quit? What would it take for you to quit? And, um, you know, they said, well, what if you, you know, don't make money for a couple of years? What if, you know, throwing out these scenarios? And 
I, I realized when I got to the point where I answered that question with, I'm not going to quit. They're going to find me dead in the office if they you know, are going to try trying. Like, like, I don't know. I'm not going to quit. Like, there's nothing that's going to make me quit because what's the alternative? Yeah. What's the alternative? And I, I didn't want to go back to corporate America where they didn't appreciate me, where I was working my tail off, like just to make ends meet. And uh, my husband was thinking construction because that's where his family, you know, he's from a construction family and roofing houses as the alternative. No, you know, so you know, I remember one time being very frustrated in my business with my my leadership team, just with everything, you know, kind of not going well. And I went, I left an office meeting and I left and I went to my old job. And there was a bagel place upstairs from this old job. And I went and got myself a bagel and I sat on the steps outside my old job and ate that bagel and watched people walk in and out of that place. After I was done eating, I made a little I walked through the, you know, the whole the whole place could smell those old smells, could hear the music that was going on. I used to work in a health club. I could hear everything that was going on. And afterwards, it was like, the mindset was like, don't forget where you came from. What's the alternative? This, this price I'm paying, it's making me the person, like that second version of me that I'm chasing. This is all part of my story. This is all part of the plan. Like I need this hard stuff to make me the leader that can help more people and that can do a better job leading people. So, you know, I kind of go back to what's the alternative? Don't forget where you came from and then recharge yourself and then get back to work. So during those quitting phases, I just kind of just figured out how to recharge and refuel and refocus and just get back to the grind. That's great. I remind myself that I'm basically unhirable. I've been fired by more people than most people have jobs, right? So fired or laid off like 13 times. And I used to be so embarrassed by that. And then I thought, you know, that's probably just the universe sending me a message on repeat. Like you're just go do your own thing. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And you know, those, those moments of challenge, like that struggle is so important, not only to help us build up that, you know, resiliency, that toughness muscle so that we can continue on, but also to help other, help us explain to other people that are coming after us, how hard the struggle is going to be, but they, they got to be built for it. You've got to be built for it in order to keep pushing through and going. You can't just it's not, I don't know anybody who literally just turned the lights on and all of a sudden they were a huge success in their business. I don't know anybody. No, no, it's not. It's not real. Yeah. It does not happen like that. Um, we are running out of time. Though, I know so we are. Yes, bummed, we but... need to start wrapping this up. Julie, Corey, Julie, come on. Uh, yeah, you have the note though. So you got to wrap it. Okay, fine. So we're going to switch this one <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, let's switch it. All right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So thank thank you to Jamie and thank you to our listeners and everything that you need to know is going to be in the show notes, including how to buy a uh, buy a copy of Jamie's book, Happy and Strong. You can do that on happyandstrong.com. So make sure to check that out. Yeah. And um, if you want to work with us, you are more than welcome to do so. You can. We have tons of free content on our website, sbpace.com. 
We also, you'll find all of our social links there. We have a ton of content out on YouTube. We just finished a project called Project 365, where 365 straight days we put out a new video. Didn't you love that that program, Corey? My second favorite thing that we've done. I know. I don't even want to know what your first was. (laughs) Um, Also, we will gladly accept payment for our services. So if you're at the point where you're ready to pay somebody to help you with your small business, then definitely check us out because we do it all. Well, almost all of it. And don't forget to download and rate this podcast, subscribe, give us a review, and reach out to us about any topics you may want us to cover. And be sure to check out our radio show, Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel for now, and it is every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. We record live for the most part. Yeah, we do. And hey, listen, Jamie was actually a guest on Defeat the Chaos on March 24th. You can catch that episode on demand, so go back and listen to it. She was a fantastic guest. We also wrote a book. It's a number one bestseller. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It comes with a digital download workbook. I'm not going to tell you what's in the workbook because I want it to be a little bit of a surprise. If you've already purchased the book, go back to Amazon and review it. We would love you for it. That's it for today's show. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.